Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganesi and today we have a special podcast ahead of the, the Italy versus England Euro 2024 qualifier that takes place on Thursday in Naples. The biggest story ahead of that game has been Roberto Mancini's call-up of Matteo Rettegui. Rettegui is a 23-year-old Argentine-born striker who is on loan at Tigre in the, in the Argentine Primera Division from Boca Juniors. He has been naturalised to, to play for Italy on account of having a, an Italian grandmother. And uh, I would say that until about a week or so ago, most Italian football fans probably hadn't even heard of this player. Uh, and still now know very, very little about him. So we've invited uh, an Argentine, one of the top Argentine football journalists, Daniel Edwards, to come onto the pod and, and tell us about Rategui. Uh, Dan writes for, for Goal, for, for Perfil.com and, and many, many others. He regularly appears on, on TV, uh, radio and, and, and online. So he and he really, really knows his his Argentine football, especially the domestic leagues. So there's no better person to to have on the pod to to talk about Rategi. So Dan, thanks um, so much for for coming on. First of all, uh, yeah, how are you doing in these months after Argentina winning the World Cup? Hello, Carlo. Thank you for that for that very very kind introduction. I'll try my best to live up to it. Um, <laughs> it's been a brilliant start to 2023. Obviously. Um, that World Cup win for Argentina was just so much fun. The spark for weeks and weeks, really, uh, celebrations. I think even mid-January, late January, we're hearing, um, still hearing random snippets of muchachos ringing out from from rooftops and from from parties around the city. Um, just something to treasure, really, and um, brilliant to, to have that first star for Argentina, and and great to just be a part of it from from Buenos Aires. Yeah, I should have said that that Dan is based in in Buenos Aires, so he's really been in the in the middle of everything, and he also yeah gets to follow everything that goes on in the Argentine um, domestic league, um, so he knows everything about Retegi. So um, to start with, before we we look into the player and his qualities and everything, you know, what did you and the, the people in Argentina, the football media, and everyone there? Um, what do they make of Rotegui getting called up by by Italy? You know, did it come as a as a surprise? Because um, it seemed to come out of nowhere in in Europe. Uh, and is there a kind of like what was the reaction to it? And and was there a, is there a kind of like an unhappiness that he's been poached by Italy? It's an interesting one, really, because um, Rotegui is really uh, a kid that's come out of almost nowhere. Um, as you mentioned, uh, he's still online at Tigre from from Boca. Um, has only played a handful of games for Boca, um, just couldn't really find his way. Had other line spells before uh, this most recent one and didn't really make his mark a very modest uh, goal scoring return. And then last year, 2022, he just exploded, really um, scored 19 goals in 27 games for Tigre to, uh, to top score in the league. He started right on the same track again. This year, with uh, with six goals in eight games, um, that led a lot of people to think that Boca might have retained him for this year instead of sending him back online. But it was actually Retegui who said, "No, I want to stay in Tigre. I want to keep having regular first team football, and you know, give myself this window to uh, to shine." And it's paying off for him. Um, 
He's a guy, yeah, who's really come to prominence. Uh, definitely considered one of Argentina's uh, top young domestic strikers, and and I wouldn't say there's been a huge outburst um, about this decision. I think obviously uh, you want to keep your young players, but you can understand where it's coming from. Definitely for Retegi because the way the Argentina team is stacked at the moment, um, it's probably going to be more simple for him to to break through in Italy than uh, than for Argentina right now. Yeah, and what, why do you think that... It, I mean, you mentioned, obviously, you know, Argentina have got uh, Alvarez, they've got uh, Lautaro, um, you know, Messi's still around. I mean, is that the reason why you think Rotegui chose to play for Italy rather than Argentina? Or do you think that there's like maybe a, an economic angle that he sees this as a maybe a, a chance to get a move to an Italian club or a European club if he if he chooses Italy. Do you think that might maybe he's played a part in this as well? Yeah, I think definitely um there's a bit of both in this decision because even before this um this Italy switch came up and he um you know the rumors broke that Mancini was thinking about including him in the squad. Um there were already reports saying that um he could be heading to Italy uh, as soon as this June or July. So it definitely, you know, puts him in the spotlight if he has a strong international break now for Italy. And from what I've been reading, it looks like he has a really good chance of getting some minutes, if not even starting Italy's first game or or both the games. Uh, that would definitely put him even more in the window. Um, and yeah, on the, and on the other hand, you, you know, you've got two, you've got a possible generational talent in Julian Alvarez and a fantastic striker like Lautaro Martinez um, in front of you. You're almost the same age or even older in the case of Alvarez. Um, it's a dilemma, I think, that that a lot of footballers in this kind of situation face. Do you, do you wait three, four, maybe five years to, to see if you can push your way in, you know, get that big European move and make it impossible to, to leave you out? Or do, or do you say, look, I want to play international football and, and Italy looks like the best option for me. Um, and, you know, uh, the links with, with Italy and Argentina have always been strong. There's, um, there's a lot of uh, Italian culture here. It's not an alien culture by any means. I think he knows he'll feel at home. A lot of players have done it before, um, you know, from the 20s to 30s onwards. Um, so I think, yeah, probably... Both factors uh, came into the decision, and um, and we'll see how he goes. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing how how he fares with Italy. Yeah, I, I think we all are, uh, especially the Italians, because we don't have many many strikers at the moment. Um, talking about um, Retegui's position, um, we know he's a forward, but you know what kind of forward is he, and and you know for what what kind of system, for example, do you think he's he's best suited to? Because Mancini plays generally plays his favourite formations a 4-3-3, um, but he's also been been using recently a back three, uh, 3-5-2 or 3-4-3. I think Mancini said that ahead of this international break against England and Malta, he, he will use either a 4-3-3 or a 3-5-2. So what formation and system is Rategui best suited to and what is his, you know, what is his actual position, would you say? Well, Rategui is a classic number nine, a classic centre-forward in every sense. Loves getting into the area, loves playing in and around the, the goal. So dangerous from, from short range. Um, so that's that's what it will bring to you. Um, just a guy to lead the line um, with power, with 
with pace. Um, and generally with Tigre, at least over um, uh, the last season, he's been playing uh, almost almost always as part of a uh, front two. Uh, what Tigre generally do, they play this kind of classic 4-3-1-2 um, setup, you know, very uh, very traditional in Argentine football with a playmaker just behind and um, a kind of a smaller second striker to, to take a bit of the pressure off, um, <clears throat> off Retegui. Uh, and he's frightened in that system. Um, possibly he would struggle to, to lead the line alone if you put him, you know, in a 4-5-1 or a 4-3-3 because I don't know if he has kind of the all-round game to, um, to act as that solitary striker. But if you have someone up with him, um, he's very good at playing off that second striker and, and just getting into positions where he can score goals is what he's done best. Okay, that's interesting. So you see him as more of a, a player that needs to be playing in a two-man attack rather than rather than as a as a as a man in the middle of a three. Okay, that's interesting. Um, what would you say are Rotegui's strengths and best qualities? Yeah, as I say, he's a classic centre forward. He's brilliant in the box. He's got a great eye for goal. Um, unusually, you know, for a, for an Argentine forward, he's so strong in the air. He's a big lad. I think six two. Uh, um, a meter, uh, meter eighty-five, um, scores a lot of goals with his head, and he's got an absolute grenade for a right foot. Um, most of his goals, you know, come in around the the penalty area, but he has knocked a few in from from long range. Um, so, as I say, you know, penalties as well. He's very, very reliable from the box. Um, just general goal scoring and getting the ball in the area and, and making it count. Uh, he's got speed, he's got strength, lots of power to, to get past the, the last man. Um, yeah, all the attributes of, um, of a really classic uh, centre-forward. And, and what would you say are his, his weaknesses and areas that he would need to improve on in his game? Well, I think um, that, would be, that would be contained in the same answer. You know, um, he's not that much of a modern forward in the sense that you're not going to see him dropping back and, you know, and playing his teammates in so much. It's very single-minded. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to say one-dimensional because I think that would be doing him a, a disservice, but um, definitely he's a guy that away from the area and away from uh, the final third, he's not going to, going to um, contribute a, ho- a whole lot. His best position is just posted there. And uh, waiting for the ball to come for him. Um, possibly, you know, he's still young and has time to evolve and kind of bring in a more more cerebral, more um, all-round approach to his game. But for now, it's um, definitely kind of he has that that tendency to, uh, towards being one-dimensional, which which possibly held him back at the start of his career and and might hold hold him back as he progresses kind of through the through the levels. Okay, and here is the big question then, based on everything you've said. If you had to compare him to a to a current or former attacker, who would you who would you compare him to? It's a tough one. Um, I know just before we were recording, um, Vieri Christian Vieri was uh, was mentioned, and that's obviously a big stretch. But <laughs> there are possibly similarities in the game in in terms of. Um, of his approaching, his kind of directness. Another guy who um, who occurred to me, you know, someone like um, Gonzalo Higuain, 
someone who's just got the knack of getting in those positions um, and uh, and being on the end of chances. Um, anyone like that, really, you know, just sees powerful, direct centre-forwards, which we don't see a huge amount of um, now in, in modern football, I don't think. So for that reason, I think it's going to be going to be very interesting to see how we get some. Mm, yeah, Italy would definitely take a, a Vieri or Higuain. <laughs> definitely. Um, okay, um, away from his actual football skills, what anything interesting about Rotegui's background and his personality, his family? Yeah, I mean, he just comes across as a very grounded, very down-to-earth kid. Um, unlike a lot of um, Argentine footballers or guys who, who've come up from South America in general, um, he's not someone who's who's really uh, had to, you know, fight his way up from the bottom. He comes from quite a, quite a comfortable background. His um, his father, Carlos Retegui, um, played hockey for uh, at a professional level for years um, for Argentina. He played in the Pan American Games, uh, won golds in the Pan American Games, and then um, went on actually to win Olympic gold with uh, <clears throat> with the with the Argentina team. Um, I can't remember the years, but I think. He got at least one gold medal. Um, so very sporting family. Um, his sister, I believe, as well is um, is in Las Leonas, the um, the Argentine women's hockey team. Uh, very sporty family, you know, uh, comfortable comfortable upbringing. Uh, actually, a river river fan, which is which is <laughs> funny, and um, started in the River Academy. Didn't quite make it there, and and that led him to. Um, to switch over to Boca, which isn't something a whole load of players do. Um, but just he just seems very, yeah, very down to earth, very determined. You know, um, he had quite a rough start to his professional career. You know, um, at the age of 20, 21, 22, it didn't seem like he was going to come through on on this promise. Uh, he wasn't breaking through at Boca, but he stuck at it and had that fantastic season last year at Tigres, which I think speaks very highly of him kind of coming back from, from those early knocks and showing that um, that he can thrive in uh, in Argentine football and, and score goals. So, um, as I say, I, I love to see him do well because I think really, really nice kid. Um, and and personality-wise, yeah, he's, he's got everything um, in his favour, I think. Yeah, it will definitely be. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see because we've, we've over the years, you know, Italy has naturalized uh, a lot of uh, Argentine footballers um, going back to the the nineteen thirties when they won the the World Cup in nineteen thirty four. They had um, they they naturalized a lot of um, Argentines. Luis Monti, probably the the most famous of of them all. He played in the nineteen thirty World Cup final, um, and then. And then, you know, into the 50s and 60s, and we had like uh, Omar Sivodi, for example. And even recently, 2006 World Cup, we had um, Mauro Camarinesi, of course, who, who was part of the, the 2006 World Cup winning team. And there's been some others who haven't been as good and successful. Um, Christian Ledesma comes comes to mind oh. as, as, one, oh. as, as one player. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember him? Yeah. Yes, you have taken on some um, interesting players. Gabriel Paleta, I remember. Oh my gosh! Oh my yeah. gosh! And then yes. for different reasons. Daniel Osvaldo, still. Daniel Osvaldo. Daniel Osvaldo was a talented player. He really was. He just didn't he was. seem he to have the head for it. Absolutely mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. I mean, Paleta. It's funny actually that Italy are playing England on Thursday because I remember Gabriel Paleta, and it might have even been his debut for Italy. It was in the two thousand and. 
2014 World Cup when Italy played England in, in Brazil uh, and Paletta played in that game. Italy won 2-1, but he was absolutely dreadful. <laughs> he was terrible. Um, yeah, I just remember him with the with the, the haircut, with the like one, like Cambiasso kind of one strand of hair that he was holding oh, onto. Oh, yeah, God. <laughs> you know, and he, was, he wasn't even old. He was only like 25 or something. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He just looked really old <laughs> for his age. Yeah. 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 I wonder what happened to Gabriel Belletta. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where he. I don't know if he's retired now, or I, I don't know. But we'll be interested to see whether Retegi can be the uh, another, you know, Camronese or Sivori or Monti, or if he'll be another uh, Ledesma or, or Paletta. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting, and that leads us on nicely to to the to the uh, final question. And how far do you think Retegi can ultimately go in the game? Can you see him eventually making it at a, at a top European uh, club? I think. He has a chance. Um, generally, if you can score go- goals in Argentine football, um, you can score goals anywhere. Um, just looking kind of at players who've gone the other way, Carlos Tevez, who um, you know was almost top scorer for, for Juventus at the time. He went back to Boca and he was fantastic for Boca, but never scored the kind of um, the kind of volume of goals that that he managed there because it's just such a hard league. You know, the defenders are always like at your ankles. You get absolutely nothing given to you. Uh, you really have to fight for for every goal. So, if you're scoring regularly in Argentina, that's generally a good indicator that you can go and do it in um, at a higher level. Uh, I think it's a little bit different, kind of, for midfielders, defenders, where um, where they might have it a little bit easier. I, I think the opposite is often true for for attackers, um, and definitely just kind of the raw talent he has what we've what I mentioned before kind of the, the pace um, the power and the um, and his skill in the air uh, it should come over well I think um, whether he can get you know to the the elite or not um, will depend on if he continues to develop his game if he you know doesn't decide to, to rest on his physical attributes and kind of works on on the link up play and kind of and the technical side which is um probably is uh, uh, a minor weakness compared to um, what he does best. Um, I think he'd, he'd have to start kind of a little bit lower, you know, mid-table Serie A or mid-table La Liga or, you know, um, or the Portuguese league, as so many South Americans do as they're coming up, um, and then see how he finds the level if um, if he's got it with what it takes. But, you know, plenty of uh, South American players have done that. They've they've gone to kind of middle or lower tier clubs in in Spain or Italy, or or they've gone elsewhere and and made a success of it. So uh, he's still young, only twenty three, got all of his career ahead of him, and if he can just keep scoring them goals, um, I think he he's got a decent chance of of going far. Yeah, yeah, and and Italy certainly need um, some of those goals and and. As you said at the start, you know, the links between Argentina and Italy uh, over the years, well, you know, he will make his debut, it seems, potentially. Uh, Like you said, it looks like he will play. He will certainly get on at some point during the England game and maybe even start based on what we've seen in training so far. Um, And the game is in Naples, which is the most Argentine of places in Italy, Uh, you know, Maradona's temple. So, yeah, that is uh, certainly the place to start your your Italy career if you're of Argentine or descent or actually Argentine outright as Rotegui is so 
yeah, that is definitely going to be a yeah, um, it's going to be a very very interesting game on on Thursday. Um, brilliant, Dan. Thanks so much. Um, thanks so much for that brilliant profile and telling us all about Rotwegi. That was was brilliant. Um, fantastic. Um, yeah, really really appreciate you coming on. Um, we'll certainly invite you on again in the future sometime um, to talk about uh, other some more. Uh, you can follow Dan on, on Twitter at, at Dan Edwards Goal. Um, Dan, thanks so much. Before before we let you go, is there anything you've got coming up, anything you want to plug or talk about? No, I just want to say thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, we really, the pleasure is all ours. We really, really appreciate it. You are the, one of the best in the business when it comes to Argentine football. Uh, oh, me one, and Dan. one thing, actually, because I'll get in trouble if I don't mention it. If... Um, if I've tickled your your fancy for Argentine football, I do co-host an Argentine football podcast uh, called Hand of Pod. Um, give it a listen if you like. Yeah, yeah, and I wish you told me. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I'd plugged that at, at the start. Um, but there you go. Yeah, please do give that a listen because if uh, there really isn't anyone better talking about Argentine football uh, in the English language than, than Dan, and um, we, me and him go back a long way. Over ten years, really. Um, so, is um, yeah, he really is a fountain of knowledge, and he knows so much about not just now, but the uh, the history of the game. That's something that I'm very, very much into. So, you, he's always got uh, some great anecdotes. And not, when it comes to Argentine football, no one does the soap operas better than than the Argentines, even more so than than Italy. Um, and Dan, Dan knows everything about Vander Ricardi and Mauro Ricardi as well. So. <laughs> Get some good stories on that. We'll have yeah. to invite you back on to talk about them at some point when oh, he returns God. to Italy. <laughs> I need to forgot my lawyer's present. <laughs> yeah. yeah, brilliant. Okay, well, th- thanks so much again, Dan. And thanks everyone for listening. Um, we will be back on Thursday evening after the Italy-England game where Nima will do a, a post-match reaction on that opening uh, Euro 2024 qualifier. So we will hopefully see you again then. Uh, until then, have a great week. Ciao, ciao.